Welcome back for episode 15 of the Peacemakers podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Hager. Today I'm joined by Lindsay Bennett. You may have seen her and I together on my IG stories or in the Peacemakers community on Facebook. Lindsay and I have teamed up for what we're calling Illuminate University, our five-month membership program that will begin in January 2022. But enrollment begins this week on Wednesday, November 24th, along with deeply discounted pricing for those of you that hop in early. The discounted rate will end on Cyber Monday, so if you want to be one of our 13 participants, and if you like a discount, make sure you get in early. Stick with us through the end of this episode for more details on Illuminate University. Also, Lindsay and I have put together a self-love guide as a gift for you all. This guide is a perfect companion to today's episode and our discussion on self-compassion and self-discovery. Many of you already know Lindsay Bennett. For those of you that don't, she's going to be a new favorite of yours. Lindsay helps women transform the way that they see and talk to themselves. In her master's degree, she focused on interpersonal, compassionate, and self-love communication. She teaches those principles in her self-love coaching business called with Lindsay Bennett. I think you all will love Lindsay's heart and her message in today's episode, and you'll get some of our personal stories and practical ideas to become more compassionate with yourself and how you can use that compassion on your journey to know and love yourself more. Okay, so I'm pressing play on this. Don't forget to grab your self-love guide from us in the show notes. So, Lindsay, why don't you just quickly introduce yourself and then we'll just get started here. Okay, excellent. So my name is Lindsay Bennett and my name is Lindsay with an A-Y. And so, yeah, I teach people how to love themselves more fully and fiercely. And I walk them through different exercises and different communication strategies to help them with that. And I learned that and the self-compassion topic, which we're going to talk about today in my master's program. And I focused on self-compassion and peace-building communication in relationships. And so I was transformed as I did that, which I'll talk about in a little bit, but that is what I do. I help people love themselves to their core and in their full authenticity, help them first of all, discover what that is and then love it fully and fiercely and show up more confidently in their relationships. That's awesome. I think that's what connected me to you was not only through your Instagram content, but as we started to get to know each other, I could tell that you knew what you were talking about, first of all. And then in in terms of self-compassion and communication and self-love. And then also, as I got to know you, like you're the real deal, like you, you practice it with me in our friendship and how much, how good it feels to be loved by somebody that knows how to connect. You know what I mean? Like somebody that knows how to communicate and it feels so good to be heard. Like for me to say something and her to say, this is what I heard you say, or I really liked what you just said. Mm -hmm. And so for those of you listening, Lindsay Bennett needs to be at the top of your list for following her. (laughs) And, and I know you're going to love her as much as I do. Thank you. Yeah. I love that you said that because um, just that that's how you feel. Cause my business name is with Lindsay Bennett, because I feel like it's so important to have somebody with you through that, through that discovery process. Like we're going to talk about later and through that self-love process, it just really helps to have community as you're going through that. 
And so I want to be there with people as they do that. And I'm doing it too. I'm still on this path to discovering and loving myself more fully and fiercely. And so I'm with people as they do it. So thank you for noticing that. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about two of our topics from Illuminate University, self-compassion, which Lindsay's going to share with you, and then self-discovery. And I'm going to share with you on that topic. Yeah. So we started with self-compassion in Illuminate University for a very specific reason. Like Lindsay with an E said, we want to give you a solid foundation on which to build the rest of the things you're going to learn and discover about yourself, which is also why the second month is self-discovery. Those two are key. And so to start off with self-compassion, we need to be able to recognize within ourselves our value and our worth, and that we are worth taking care of ourselves and loving ourselves through the process of learning more about ourselves and learning how to be assertive during conflict or confident when we're in these different relationships, we need to love ourselves because we will sometimes mess up. We will say things that impact people in a different way than what we meant. And as we're learning things about ourselves, emotions might come up from the past or experiences we might remember or things we don't love about ourselves. And we believe that we don't have that value. Some of those things might come up. And so it's really important to be able to have that self-compassion to be grounded in so that we know how to work through that in a kind and loving way to ourselves, just like we would to our best friend or to our child or our partner, whoever, we need to be able to give that care and love to ourselves as well. So that's why we're starting with self-compassion. So what in the world is self-compassion then? You've probably heard a lot about self-compassion or compassion or self-love. Compassion is when we show love and care and concern to someone else. We empathize with them. We recognize that they're going through something. We feel with them, whatever emotion they're feeling. And then we try to alleviate their suffering. And we show that through concern and through action and listening and all of that. That's what we normally hear of when we hear about compassion, but Self-compassion is reflecting that back toward us because we also deserve to have that care and that concern and that attention to our emotions and to our experiences. So self-compassion involves valuing yourself in a deep way so that you are naturally inclined to make choices for the betterment of your own well-being for the long term. So you're looking out for yourself. It is in no way selfish. I need to say that and clarify in case anyone has learned that through social media or any other kind of media, self-love, self-compassion, and self-care, all of those things are not selfish. They're actually really important. So self-compassion has three pillars. So again, it's valuing ourselves enough to love ourselves enough so that we're naturally inclined to make decisions for our betterment. So that involves three pillars. One is mindfulness. So being in the present, being aware of what's happening for us right now and not judging. There's no judgment in this. That's key. The second pillar is self-kindness. So when we're in mindfulness and some judgy thoughts come up, we quickly combat it with loving kindness. And that is really crucial. So the third pillar of self-compassion is remembering our common humanity. And that's really important because We are human having a human experience with other humans. And so we might feel like we are alone in our situation or our experiences, 
but we're not, we can reach out to other people. If we have a supportive family or friends, we can do that. If we do have that, but we need other types of support, we can reach out to other types of community groups or like your about me coaching program. That was a group coaching program with very, a lot of support, very supportive people. You could join Illuminate University, which is going to be very supportive. But like what I'm saying is you can reach out to a lot of different types of supportive systems to have that support in this human experience that you're having. And you don't even have to reach out. This, the beautiful thing about self-compassion is you can do it all within yourself. You can even just look around and notice that there are other humans likely having a very similar emotional experience to you. While their experiences might be different, their situation might be different. They're like, they've likely felt sadness and abandonment and betrayal that you might be feeling or feeling like you're not good enough. Let me tell you, so many people feel like they are not good enough. And so you're not alone in that. So self-compassion can be done internally. We don't even need to look for it outwardly. You can, if you need that extra boost, like I do. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So let's rewind mindfulness. So the three pillars are mindfulness. And then the second one is self self-kindness and then common humanity. So of those three, you've talked about your students and walking them through it. So like what, what is, for them is their light bulb moments and what do they kind of latch onto through this process? Yeah. So at the beginning of every class that I teach, we do three ish minutes of self-care And so in that I weave in a lot of different things like mindfulness activities we do. And we also do self-kindness activities. We do these things, our common humanity, we do that as well. And so they love all of them. Honestly, they do. I think it's just refreshing to them to have a space where self-care is allowed and it's not judged. And we do a variety of things so that they can pick and choose for themselves what resonates most with them. One of the activities that they loved, I had them do this activity where they put their hand on their heart and they breathed deeply in through their nose and out through their mouth. And they, they just thought of things about themselves that they were grateful for (laughs) because that can be really hard to do. So I have them put their hand on their heart. And right now, if you're on the podcast and you can't see me, I have my hand on the, on my heart. So I have them put their hand on their heart because it can be hard to think of things that are positive about you, that you really mean. And so that's a self-kindness moment, but it's also mindfulness because they're in the present as they do this, they're focusing on their breath, but then they're also thinking of these kind things about themselves, not about other people, because that can be really easy to do and want to do if you want to (laughs) deflect the attention away from yourself. So that one is really impactful. And I think too, like just, just the, the act of having your hand on your chest and Mm -hmm. like coming back to your body, coming back to, Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's very easy to get in the space of looking outward and our energy is going outward. But when we're coming here, it's like, it's setting Mm -hmm. your focus to yourself. And And I think also, I'm just thinking about the practice when, when I'm just telling myself like, okay, I, I appreciate this about myself, this about myself I'm in my head, but if I come and like actually put my hand there on my chest, it's like, it does something. It's almost like 
okay, go inward. Like just the act of doing that is like, come Mm -hmm. from your head, go to your heart, go inward. Mm -hmm. I really like that. Yeah. It makes it a different kind of experience for sure. Like you were saying. Yeah. If someone is struggling with being hard on themselves, they're, you know, kind of negative self-talk, like how would they shift from that to like, okay, I need, I need some self-compassion here. Then I would teach them about watching their thoughts go by, like on a conveyor belt. And it's just a thought it's going to be there for a second. It's going to be there longer if we ruminate on it. And that will, that's where we get kind of stuck in that negative self-talk space. So what I would have them do is picture open boxes going along on a conveyor belt. And as the boxes come by in front of them, put the negative thought in the box, they get to choose this. I do this with my students. So they get to choose if they're going to leave the box open, if they're going to just like kind of fold it in and tuck under the ends and secure it that way. Or if they're going to tape it up, they get to decide what they're going to do with that, depending on what the thought is. Regardless, whatever you do to the box, the box is going to fall off the conveyor belt at the end of the line and it's going to be gone. And so that's one way that I teach them. So just to get them out of their head and watching their thoughts go by, yeah. I just have them watch the thought go by literally. And then another thought's going to come in and then they're going to watch that go by to get yeah. them out of that spirally space mm-hmm. <laughs> of negative self-talk. So yeah. that can like flip the script a little bit, at least make them aware of what they're saying to themselves. Right. And gives them a good visual also. It's not Mm -hmm. just like, okay, here's a thought in my head. It's like just the visual of the conveyor belt. That's really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So one last question for you, like a personal question, how does this self-compassion play out like on a day-to-day basis for you? Yeah, that's such a great question. So like I said earlier, I was really focused on compassion for others, like so laser focused on that. And then, like I said, I was in my master's program. I was working on my thesis and I had an experience with my dad where I needed Mm self-compassion. I needed it. And so Mm -hmm. I started to feel like, oh my gosh, this is, this is powerful. This is important. And so I was having this experience where I was sitting on the couch and I was talking with him. I was really frustrated with what was going on that day. And he has since passed, but he was, he lived with alcohol tendencies that were really doing a number on him and taking over his life. And so Mm -hmm. this was one of those days. And so I was sitting there on the couch and I was in my head getting so frustrated with myself. I was like, Lindsay, you teach people how to communicate with others. Like you teach Mm -hmm. them how to listen without judgment. You teach them all of these things and you can't even do it. You're such a phony. Like who in the world entrusted me with teaching people how to do these things, like how to communicate with others without being judgy Mm -hmm. um, when I can't even do it. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I realized that self-compassion was really important because I was tearing myself down and that's going to get us nowhere. If I kept tearing myself down, then I really was going to show up in the classroom less than what my potential would be because I was going to be second guessing myself and listening to the negative self-talk. So that's when I realized I need to practice self-compassion every day. And so that's what I do. Like I, I 
am so in it now that I still do negative self-talk to myself, but I can, I can like recognize it a lot faster and do like the conveyor belt thought thing or do the hand on the chest thing or any other, any other skill that I have or tool in my toolbox that I can do, but I practice it every day. And I'm, I'm so mindful of what's going on that I'm like, okay, nip that right now. And that's not serving anyone. It's not serving the people that I want to serve. If I'm bagging on myself, yeah, because I'm not going to show up in my full potential and people need me in my full potential. I need me in my full potential. So, okay. I do have one last question before yeah. I, cause I have some stuff to share too, but how does it feel? How would you describe to your students how it feels to be self-compassionate towards oneself? So, or you can speak from your own perspective. How does it feel Mm -hmm. for Lindsay Bennett to give herself that love? Or how does it feel for others to give themselves that love? Yeah, for me personally, it, I'll do a metaphor. It feels as if I'm taking a deep cleansing breath all the time. Like I'm able to just pause and take that, you know, like a deep cleansing breath just feels so good and it resets and you're able to think clearly and, you know, refocus. And so, and focus on what matters and what's true. And so it feels like a deep cleansing breath. Like I can release some of that stress as I breathe out. And some of that negativity that I'm spewing at myself. Right. And so it feels freeing and peace comes in with that deep cleansing breath, mm-hmm. you know, clarity yeah, and truth. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like the feeling I can go to the feeling like right now of what mm-hmm. self self-compassion feels like for me, I think about it um, in terms of like a parent parenting their child, like the pure, mm-hmm. the purity of you know, a hug from a parent you haven't seen in a long time that you're just like, I need, I want, I like, this is a connection that I want to have. And I can, I can speak purely to that for for myself. I like, I lost my mom when she, I was 23. And so, and of course there's, there's always baggage. There was baggage when she was alive, but now that she's gone and I've had the time to kind of, you know, sort through all the stuff, like thinking of being able to have a hug from her or have a moment with her in that purity. Like, I think that's what, what self-compassion can feel like. And one thing for me, and I, I, for those of you listening, I want to share a little bit of my self-discovery journey with you all, because if I was not able to come to a place of true compassion with myself, I don't think I would have been able to really know myself. And I want to kind of explain what that looks like. So as a child, and those of you that know some of my history, you know that I was the youngest in my family and kind of had this feeling growing up that, you know, I definitely had the love for my family, but I never had the sense of like, is our people like, what do people think of me? Like, who, who am I in this space, in this house? Like, does anybody notice me? And, you know, there's, there's a whole slew of reasons as to why that was the dynamic in my house. But for me being a quiet child, someone that kind of pulled away and was very internal, I dealt with a lot of fears. Um, I, 
I just kind of cycled around in my negativity all day. Like I'm scared of the dentist. I'm scared of what's coming up tomorrow. I'm scared of this presentation I have to give at school. And so I was so stuck in that headspace that I wasn't even giving myself time to know anything besides just these fears. And, you know, I think because I didn't necessarily have influences around me of, of someone saying like, this is who I see you to be. And these are this is a good talent of yours, or this is a passion that, that you could kind of go in this direction. So I always just kind of had that feeling like I was lacking. So I love when I think about self-compassion and self-discovery, I think a lot of people or a lot of, a lot of the people that I work with in the peacemakers community, they don't know how to let themselves be seen in the world. They don't know how to offer themselves to others. They also feel like, nobody really wants to know me. Nobody really wants to like, why would, why would anybody even care if I did share an idea or I did, you know, share my thoughts with, with the world. And so one of the things for me, because like I said, with the fears that I would be cycling through, like all the time, I also had a tendency to, I don't know if you've heard of the term buffering. It's kind of like you're, you're like, well, it's like addiction. Like you're just filling the void in your life, negative coping mechanisms, basically. And what that was doing for me to keep myself from discovering who I was, it was just keeping this kind of like a barrier over who was below the surface of all of this, you know, either fear that I was struggling with or negativity that I was cycling through or kind of like a facade that I was putting out to the world. So all of these things kept me from knowing who I was underneath. So as I went into adulthood, really the turning point for me was that I started getting to a point where I was like, I can no longer have these dreams that are inside of me and that I want to come out and I want to share with the world. And I can no longer um, be living a life that I feel like is, is not mattering or just kind of feeling like, I guess I just felt like I wasn't on the path that I needed to be on in my life. It was like, I wasn't going down a lane of purpose. And so One of the things that I talk about here on the podcast is that real change happens whenever the pain of staying the same in our lives is greater than the pain of change. So it's like, I had to come to the point of being like, no more, I can't do this anymore. I can very easily get caught in a cycle of shame of like, I'm trying to get here in my life, but because of all this buffering I'm doing and not allowing myself to grow, I'm not allowing myself to get further. I'm just keeping myself in this space of really a cycle of just doing the same thing over and over and over. And so for me, I had to come to a point of being like, no more, I'm not going to play small anymore. I'm not going to hold my ideas back from the world and really begin to shift things inside. And I didn't have the language that you're sharing necessarily with the self-compassion, but as I look back at, back at it, it really it really was that shift of turning inward and knowing myself inside, or I guess realizing that it was okay to put the emphasis on, on my emotions. I think for some reason, the way that I was taught growing up, or just maybe it's just my generation that we weren't, we didn't have the emphasis on following your emotions tuning into your intuition and allowing yourself to be led by, by what you're feeling. It's kind of like living from your head and the duty of what you're supposed to do is, is superior to tuning into what's happening here inside. Going back to what I was saying is I didn't realize that that turning point for me of saying like, I'm going to start 
putting my ideas out there. I'm going to start speaking up for myself. I'm going to, you know, if I'm with a group of people, I'm, I'm not just going to go along with what they're saying. I'm going to like share my, share my opinion or, you know, insert my thoughts into this space. And, um, in the process of doing that, I had to have self-compassion and slow down enough. And I think that's kind of through the mindfulness that you're talking about Mm -hmm. slowing down enough to be like, you have value and you know, that the path you were going down in terms of like not being satisfied with life or, um, not feeling like I was fulfilling, you know, my calling, like that wasn't, that wasn't the space I wanted to live in. And so in order to shift, I had to start tuning in and being like, well, going back to that parenting, reparenting myself, like you have, you have value here inside and getting myself in that space enough to be like, I am worth digging into so that I can move forward and start asserting myself into my spaces. Mm -hmm. I love hearing about your turning point and like your thought process in getting there to the point where you do see your value and you want to step into that in your different experiences. So I'm wondering, I wonder if the listeners are feeling like, I want that. I want to be able to do that. And I can't see it yet. I can't see how I can do that. So I'd love to know, how did you flip that script in your mind from, like you mentioned earlier, a lot of people in the peacemakers community, including myself, feel like, or have felt like, why would anybody want to listen to me? Like what, why? Like I'm, I'm like a wallflower. Like I should stay there and just listen and observe to other people. How did you go from being a wallflower or feeling like you were a wallflower Mm -hmm. to stepping out into that sunshine and like, like seeing your value? So you mentally saw your value, but then how did you take action on it? Yeah. I had to use the, um, like going back to the pain, the pain of change. Like I mm-hmm. had to, I had to be in a headspace and in a heart space of this isn't, this isn't where I want to go. Like that, that pain or that like rock bottom of, mm-hmm. of like hitting your head up against the wall so many times and like not getting where you want to go and not feeling fulfilled, not feeling like this is it. I, I had to be so turned off by that and tuned in to the feeling that that was anger, disappointment, shame, that it was like, I was repulsed by it. Like, I can't, I cannot let myself do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think the compassion, that's where the compassion comes in because in, in me loving myself enough to say no more. I was, Mm -hmm. it was like, I was that parent in me or me becoming my own adult, my own parent to myself, basically. And that's kind of what I've, what I thought of. And I think I said that when you were sitting on the couch with your dad, yeah, like you were having to be a parent to yourself in that moment. And, and it's like, we come to this point of being like, no one else is going to do this for me basically. And mm-hmm. so, so yeah, that's, I like, I really like that question. Cause I think it's good, even though I've walked through that, like, it's good for me to go back and remember, like it was the pain that took you to the end of saying no more. And it yeah. was the, the realization and the love that I had, that I have for myself. And that I had for myself at that moment of like, this journey is worth turning the, the other direction. And I think that goes back to what you're saying of 
not only the self the self-kindness, but the common humanity, realizing that other people can be putting their voice in their spaces and they can be asserting themselves. Like there's something that I'm not seeing about myself or I'm not mm-hmm. loving enough. Or I'm elevating them. That was that was a really big piece for me is being like they're they're doing it. Why can't I? So I'm wondering, let's say that day you decide I no longer want this pain anymore. I don't know. I don't know what else is out there, but I know for sure. I don't want this affliction or pain anymore. I Mm -hmm. want to change now. So the next morning you wake up, you're ready to make that change. How do you take that? Like, what does it look like when you're taking that first step to make the change when you're like, Ooh, this feels uncomfortable. Ooh, this is hard. So how did you work through that? Yeah. Man. (laughs) Oh, well, I had to do like reaching out because Mm -hmm. not only did I come to a point of of recognizing that I didn't want the direction I was going in and that that was not happiness for me, but that I couldn't do it on my own. So it's like, you know, insanity. The definition of insanity is expecting a different result, doing the same over and over, expecting a different result. And I couldn't see, you know, it's, I think I've spoken about this before. It's hard for me to see myself. I think it's hard, hard for all of us to see ourselves is like, this is, and I'm I'm holding my hand out here because I'm like, this is what Lindsay look, Lindsay Hager looks like when she's doing her life. And I couldn't see that. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I needed a therapist. I needed, like, I literally, um, talking to my husband about it all the time, reaching out to friends. I became a part of, of some support groups and really just digging into, I'm going to start changing and I'm going to read books and I'm going to invest in myself and, and so on and so, so forth. And I know you and I have talked about this on some of our live, our live discussions about illuminate university is we've asked the question, are you ready for your next breakthrough? That's mm-hmm. one of the things we've been asking. And that speaks to me because when I look back to these other touch points throughout my, my timeline, they were all little, you know, relationships that, that were brought into my life or counseling a therapist that was helpful to me or a group, all of these things along the timeline were, were huge breakthroughs for me there, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, I don't even think I have a better word for it. Yeah. And that's incredible. Thank you for sharing that with us and with everybody listening, because that is such a beautiful process. I'm sure that it wasn't comfortable for a lot of the time, but Mm -mm. as you were discovering more about yourself through those different breakthroughs, like how incredible is that to uncover some of those layers that had been hidden for so long? Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the layers that continue to be uncovered and unhidden. I I think that's the beauty of the journey also is that you feel like you uncover something and that you're like, Oh, thank, like, thank God that I know this Mm -hmm. about me or that you God's helped me discover this about myself. And then there's always another layer to unfold. There's always another breakthrough. There is (laughs) seriously. (laughs) Okay. So let's share with you all more about the topics that we're going to be covering in Illuminate University, but we also have put together something for you all. And it's a little gift for those of you listening. It is a four page, five page document, and it's going to include some exercises, specifically just some more information about self-compassion that Lindsay's put together for you, Lindsay Bennett. 
And then some prompts from me on self-discovery and really prompts for me, I think just getting my mind churning in a direction is huge for, for my growth. Like if someone can get me kind of in the lane of thinking like, what do you think about this? Or, or how have you experienced such and such in your life that helps me process. And so you want to tell them a little bit about your part? Yeah. So in the little gift, I explain a bit more about what the three pillars of self-compassion are Mm -hmm. so you can get a better idea. But then I also have an application activity that takes the self-kindness pillar and it has you do an activity. My students love this activity (laughs) speaking of, but I was saving it for this part. (laughs) (laughs) So my students love this activity and I'm not going to tell what it is. You can see it in the gift that we have for you. That's going to help you flip some of the scripts about your negative self-talk. Okay. So um, definitely grab that. That's going to be in the show notes. Let's tell them about our five topics and how they can get involved in Illuminate University. Awesome. Okay. So Like Lindsay with an EY said, Lindsay Hager, we've come up with these five topics. And at the beginning of the podcast, we talked about self-compassion and self-discovery are the foundational ones, but then we take you through self-safety, self-assertion and self-confidence. So self-safety is being able to, first of all, figure out what situations you feel safe in like physically, but then also mentally and emotionally, those kinds of spaces to feel safe, being vulnerable, feel safe, asking for your needs to be met, those kinds of things. And we'll also walk you through how to create those safe spaces for others. But the focus is really going to be on you and being able to create those safe spaces for you so that you can have more breakthroughs. And so then self-assertion is going to be our April topic of 2022. And that is asserting ourselves more in environments that could be difficult or situations that could be difficult, like conflict. (laughs) Anybody out there listening have struggles with conflict. So self-assertion is going to teach you how to assert yourself in those more difficult experiences, still standing firm in who you are and what you need. And with that self-compassion, but doing that in a different way, like doing conflict in a different way, that's going to be helpful for you. And then self-confidence is in May. Do you want Mm -hmm. to tell them about that? Yes. So self-confidence. And like we said, because there's five topics, we're taking you on this journey. So after you've gone through the first four, then we ended out with self-confidence. And what we believe is that by this point in the journey, you're going to be feeling stronger already because you're going to know yourself better. We're going to be practicing these things together all along. And then we'll end it out with self-confidence and helping you hone in on the, the ways in which you, what I like to say is how am I already showing up in my life in ways that, that I actually am confident. I think sometimes we get caught up in this, I'm not confident or I can't speak up. But when, when I find that whenever I am in a good headspace or I am in a safe, when I've created these safe spaces around myself And I can recognize, okay, I feel really safe with that person. So it's like, I can put myself in more situations with that person or with a person like that, or in particular, like if you feel really confident doing a certain activity. So for me, I've been a part of like book clubs and I know that sounds super nerdy, but I know that whenever I can put myself in a situation with others that are doing something that I I already know that I love, then that it's like that essence of me starts coming to the top. So what 
rising to the top. And so what we want to do through self-confidence is bring all that good stuff that's already there, or maybe it's new things that you're going to start trying, but helping you put yourself in those situations to see that you can shine or that you can step in. And it's kind of like illuminating that part of you that you did, you didn't know was there or that you're kind of rediscovering that was there. Yeah. And so the four months prior to self-confidence, we're giving you tools along the way. They're stepping stones on the path to this culmination of the program of you discovering more about you and stepping into that with that confidence. Yeah. So we have 13 spots. So we do have a wait list and you can get on that now. So the wait list will be linked down in the, in the show notes, our doors will open for enrollment on November the 24th and doors will be open for our discounted rate until November the 29th. That's cyber Monday. And then on the 30th, our prices will go up. Yeah. And we're really excited. We we've talked about this before. If you've seen our Facebook lives and our Instagram lives, we don't know who these 13 people are. But we can, like Lindsay was talking about, that essence of her coming to the top, like we can picture the essence of you and the different layers of you that you might not even remember. Like Mm -hmm. they might be so buried, but we're going to help you illuminate those and really step into who you are and have many breakthroughs throughout. And we're so, so excited to fill these spots with these people, we are excited to meet you of who these 13 people are that we've been thinking about and concerned about and creating this program for. We are excited to meet you. And so stay tuned on our social channels, which I'm sure Lindsay will put in the show notes as well, Mm -hmm. because we are going to be releasing all the goody details, like the special pricing, all the fun things that we're going to be doing and throwing in for you. But each month is packed with goodness, like masterclasses, self-care that you're guided through challenges, Challenges. group coaching, a celebration at the end of each month to celebrate all the things that you've illuminated that month and the breakthroughs that you've had. And then plus other goodies that we're going to throw in for you. Yeah. And I love the challenge part of it because it's like the topic goes with the challenge. Mm -hmm. So it's like that real lot. We're not only going to be learning together, but also practicing together. Yeah. I'm excited. 